We're going to pray, and then we're going to get right into the word of God. All right, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much once again for this time of fellowship together around your word. And we thank you, Father God, for the life of Pastor Evan Connor. And we thank you, Father God, for all that you've already done in his life. And Father, we declare that his future is brighter than ever before. And we thank you, Father God, for long life, peace, health, and happiness. And then, Father, we thank you for Word of Truth Family Church. Thank you, Father God. You continue to prosper them in all that they set their hands to do. And Father, we agree with them for their building. We declare it comes up out of the ground to your glory and to your honor. And now, Father, as we minister the word of God, thank you that the word of God falls on good soil. It produces fruit in our lives. And, Father, we declare that the lives of these people will never be the same after having heard the word of God today. And then, Father, we declare that we'll have boldness and utterance to make known the mysteries of the gospel. I set my faith in agreement with the prayer that I prayed earlier, that you give unto me clear articulation of speech. Bring to my remembrance those illustrations, those testimonies that will be a blessing to the lives of these people and we declare we'll never be the same after this day in Jesus name amen all right you may be seated and if you have your Bibles if you open your Bibles to Romans chapter 5 and I want to just say I thank God once again for the opportunity to be here today of course uh, Pastor Sarah gave me a warm introduction at first service it was a surprise to Pastor Connor um, that I was here first of all for me to be here without Bishop is a surprise in itself and then secondly for me to be here on a Sunday morning is a surprise in itself so um, I'm just so honored that Pastor Sarah in invited me and gave me the uh invited me to be here and of course bishop released me to come on a sunday because that is the kind of love and admiration we have for your pastor and for your church so i'm just so thankful to be here and as i said in the first service they're so special to us because uh as pastor sarah said we've known them uh from the time that they started their church they started word of truth 10 years ago uh they came into our lives and so uh we're just so thankful for the the divine connection that God brought them into our lives and of course uh, for me to just be here on a Sunday is uh, just shows you that we do care about them and we really appreciate them and their relationship and I mentioned it in the first service and I'll just mention it again that um, several months ago Bishop did a series of lessons on numerology and in that series of lessons he began to tell us about biblical numerology and how certain numbers in the Bible were so important and so that particular series of lessons just really intrigued me because I'm a numbers person. I, I went to school to be an accountant and I love math. I just love numbers. And so I started doing my own personal research and study about numbers in the Bible just to see what they meant. And so as I began to prepare to come here today, I looked up the number 50 to see what it meant in the Bible. And of course, it means jubilee. So Bishop, um, Bishop Connor, wow, maybe that's prophetic. <laughs> Pastor Connor is stepping into his year of jubilee. And when you, when when you stepped into the year of Jubilee in the Bible, uh, debts were canceled and you had accelerated prosperity. And so I speak that over my son's life today that he has debts canceled during this 50 years of his life, next years of his life, and that God accelerates him to a whole nother level of prosperity and abundance and that he'll have every need met 
in abundance and he'll this next seven years will be his best seven years of his life as, as Pastor Briggs declared on the video and then to this church 10 years 10 years old is an exciting time for your church it's an exciting time for you those of you who've been members for 10 years those of you been members for 10 weeks those of you've been members for 10 days or seven days then of course you just stepped into a church that's on the move and on the uh, thriving and going to do great things for the kingdom of God in my own personal life I remember distinctly when New Light Church turned 10 years old when we turned 10 years old was when we started building our first buildings and uh, it was uh, in 1994 1995 when we were actually turning 10 years old is when we actually started building our first building we built our first building in 1995 and actually went into our building 1995 when our church was 11 years old so we're 31 years old this year in September and uh, amen praise God so I'm just so excited about what God is going to do for a word of truth because the grace that's on Bishop in my life is on your pastor's life, which you're going to hear about uh, in the lesson on today. But uh, 10 years is a great milestone. It's great because the Bible declares that 10 is the number of completion. It's a, it's a testimony to the world that you can do something, that you'll stick with it. And so you've made a testimony, you made a statement, but it's not time to stop. It's time to go to the next level. And so you you just stepped in when you stepped into 2015 you stepped into the year of debt release debt reduction debt removal and debt resourcefulness and so we believe that the next seven years of your life will be the best seven years of your life amen say my next seven are my best seven say actually I'm living in my best seven years and I'm better than ever amen all right you have Romans chapter 5 Yes? yes? All right, if you'll hold up your Bibles or your electronic devices and told the first service, I'm a teacher, so I'm going to have you repeating after me all throughout the service. I'm not going to have you look at your neighbor because sometimes people don't want to talk to their neighbors, but you're going to repeat after me, all right? And the reason why I get you to repeat is because that's how learning takes place. We repeat over and over again because, like, for example, when you were in kindergarten, you learned uh, one plus one is two. And then when you got to first grade, you learned one plus one is two. You kept learning the same thing over and over again because repetition causes you to learn it. And that's what I want you to do. I want you to leave here today having learned something. I don't want you to just come to church just to become the church, but I want you to learn something after you've left. Amen. Can you help me to appreciate Pastor Connor's best friend, Pastor Mac Ivor, for being here this weekend, leaving his church, coming to be here. Amen. Um, he has a great church in New Bern, North Carolina, and his wife is teaching for him today. So thank God for you. You know, I just love it. I love brotherhood. I love friendships. I love relationships. And so uh, Pastor Connor was saying he thanks God for the AIM family. The AIM family is a fellowship my husband uh, started with uh, sons and daughters and mentees. And so it's just so good to see the brotherly love among them. So thank you, Pastor Connor, for being here. And thank God for Kim and uh, Desolin and uh, Don for being here as well. They're traveling with me today. The bishops teased me saying I brought my whole, the whole church with me, but I told him if three people missing from church this morning is going to mess him up, he's in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, we got 20,000 plus members, so I don't think these three going to hinder him, and then he wasn't going to let me come by myself no way, so thank God they came with me. Amen. All right, this is my Bible. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. 
I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. I am a doer and not just a hearer. And my life is the better after having heard the word of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. All right, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith. Can you say access by faith? into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So for the next few moments, I want to teach a lesson on maximizing grace. Can you say maximizing grace? So I have just three simple points in today's lesson, and of course, I didn't finish them in the first service. Hopefully, I'll finish them in this one because I know some things I could cut out in this one, but you're not going to get shortchanged, that's for sure. You're just going to get a condensed version of it, amen? So uh, here's the three points, and you're going to repeat them after me. Point number one is maximizing grace is critical to my potential. In other words, when you walk in the grace of God and when you understand the grace of God and receive a revelation on the grace of God, it increases your potential, it increases your life, or it causes you to have a better life. Amen? So everybody say, maximizing grace is critical to my potential. And then the second point is maximizing grace is confirmed through partnership. So we're going to talk about today how you can tap into this grace of God through partnership with your man of God and how it's critical for your destiny and for your future in life. If you're going to have a better life, if you're going to have a first-class life, it's going to be as a result of you partnering with your man of God and supporting your man of God. Amen? Everybody say maximizing grace is confirmed through partnership. And then the last one is maximizing grace. Everybody say maximizing grace. Is conveyed through persistence. Now, I could have said faithfulness, but I wanted to keep my MC, you know, TP, MGC. You know, my, my husband is a great articulator of the Word of God, and he always has these points that always have the same letters. So I was trying to work on my lesson, and I was like, okay, I want to talk about the faithfulness of the members of Word of Truth over 10 years, but I couldn't figure out a word for faithfulness that was a P. So I just kept racking my brain, racking my brain, so I came up with persistence. So maximizing grace, everybody said maximizing grace, is conveyed through persistence. In other words, when you understand grace, you'll be persistent, you'll be faithful to the things of God because you understand that I can tap into a higher level of grace if I'm committed, if I'm faithful, because the Bible says a faithful man shall abound with blessings. So when you're committed to the things of God, it increases your blessings in the things of God. Amen? Everybody say maximizing grace is conveyed through my persistence. So let's talk about this being critical to your potential because if you really understand that you cannot get to your full potential unless you understand this grace. And of course, in religious circles and uh, in the body of Christ, we hear about grace all the time. We hear about songs like Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me. And then we talk the song that they sung this morning in praise and worship, which was so appropriate, that says, His grace leaves me speechless when I think about how good 
good God is and how his grace is, it absolutely leaves me speechless. Then we talk about how grace is the unmerited favor of God or the unmerited goodness of God. All of those is what grace is all about. But we're going to see from the scripture that there's a greater revelation on the grace of God today, that there's a grace made available for you, for you to reign in life, for you to live a victorious, overcoming life. How many of you want to live a victorious life? Yes, all of us want to live victoriously. And of course, when we talk about reigning in life, it doesn't mean that you're escaping problems. It doesn't mean you're going to escape difficulties, but it means that by the grace of God, you're going to overcome every challenge that you face in life. Amen. So look at verse 17 right there in Romans chapter five. It says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So there's an abundance of grace available to us to reign in life. And as I said, reigning in life doesn't mean that you're going to escape life problems, but it is by the grace of God being in an advantaged position. In other words, problems and difficulties will happen, but because I understand the grace of God, I have an advantage over everybody else. When I got born again, God didn't give me an insurance policy and say, you're never going to have any problems. He didn't give me an insurance policy to say, you're never going to face any difficulties. He didn't give me an insurance policy to say, you're never going to have any trials. You're never going to have any tests. But he was very clear in the word of God. He said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. And so when I understand grace and when I understand the potential that I have by tapping into grace, it allows me to live this life, even though some things may be difficult, I have the assurance of knowing that even in the midst of a difficult situation, God's going to bring me out of it because I got grace. Amen. Everybody say, I got grace. All right, go over to uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, 1 Peter chapter 4. And of course, grace is available and is sufficient for every situation that you face in life. That's why God could tell the Apostle Paul when the devil was buffeting him about, he said that that was a, a messenger of Satan that just kept buffeting him. And then God told the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, my grace is sufficient. In other words, there's a grace sufficient for you to overcome every difficulty that you face in life. So no matter where you are in life right now, there's a grace available for you to overcome. Amen. Amen. Say there's grace available for me to overcome. So let's talk about this grace so you can understand why you need to maximize grace in your life. Grace, the Bible declares, is multifaceted. There are many sides to the grace of God. In other words, there's a grace that saves us. There's a grace that causes us to live a victorious life. So 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And the amplified of that same verse says, that there's many sides to the grace of God. Everybody say there are many sides to the grace of God. Now go over to 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, because grace is also multiplied. Everybody say grace is multiplied. So not only are there many sides to the grace of God, but grace can be multiplied in your life. Everybody say grace can be multiplied in my life. Now, why is that so important? Because God didn't say grace is added to your life. He said grace is multiplied in your life. So when I need a little more grace, I'm not going to just get some added grace. I'm going to get multiplied grace. And multiplication is so much more than addition. Just think about it. Five plus five is what? But five times five is what? 
so I get more when it's multiplied. Amen. Everybody say, I want multiplied grace. So when your kids are acting up, you need some multiplied grace so you can stand up and say the seed of the righteous is delivered. Everybody say multiplied grace. When your husband is acting crazy and you know that that's not the person that he was or the person that you married, you need some multiplied grace to keep your mouth closed so you can make it through whatever difficulty he's going through right now. Everybody say, God, multiply my grace. So even on your job, when you got a contrary person on your job and they're acting a fool, you need some multiplied grace to be able to keep your mouth closed and believe that God is going to get you through this. So everybody say, I need multiplied grace. All right, look at uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. It says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. So grace is multiplied when you got knowledge. And that's what we're doing today is we're going to give you some knowledge on grace. So when you need grace multiplied, you can tap into that grace and it can be multiplied in your life. Amen. Everybody say, I need multiplied grace. Well, maybe I'm the only one that need multiplied grace, you know, because y'all not seeming like y'all really needed multiplied in your life because I've had some situations in my life when I'm looking at people like, really, that's how you going to act? I need some multiplied grace. You know, when you go out of your way to help people and you do stuff for people, you know, I was talking the other day about how, you know, I, um, I had a hobby uh, that I would buy investment properties and I would fix them up and then I would rent them to people and then I would never charge them amount of money that I was paying for the mortgage for the rent because I'm trying to help the people, right? And then, you know, every one of the people that I've rented to, they always do stupid stuff. And then they just walk over and leave me. And the last person that I rented to, they, I, when they wouldn't pay me no rent for a whole year, and I said, okay, no problem. You know, you know, I, whenever you get a job, just pay me something. Then I'm looking on social media, and you are buying all this other stuff, but you ain't paid your rent. Everybody say multiply grace. So, you know, I, I confronted them and I was like, you know, well, you know, you didn't pay your rent, but you got money to buy all of this stuff. I thought you didn't have a job. I thought you weren't work. Oh, I, I bought that with rebate money, but you didn't think that you needed to give me some of the rebate money? So I said, you got 30 days to move because obviously you think I'm playing with you. You don't, you're not paying your rent. So you know what they said to me? They said, we're going to take you to the news media. Everybody said, she needed multiplied grace. And that's what I did. I said, God, I need some grace right now because I'm about to go off on this person because how you going to take me to the news? I, so I said, look, this was my response. I say, what you going to tell them? You're going to tell them that you didn't pay your rent for a whole year and I let you stay at the house for a whole year without paying your rent? And now that I demanded my rent, you're getting mad because you're going to go to the media. That's what you're going to tell them? Go to the media. Tell them what you want to tell them. Then I realized I need grace. So I said, God, give me grace to be able to deal with it. So I said, you know what? Why don't you just move? Just go on and move in the next 30 days and everything will be okay. Everybody say, multiply grace. See, I'm just saying that in your life, there are situations that will come up where you're going to need to tap into this multiplied grace. Amen. Anybody else in the house need multiplied grace? 
All right, I'm just asking. All right, and then, of course, the Bible declares that grace is available to all of us according to the gift of Christ. And then the Bible says that grace is a special endowment for my task. If you have something special that you're doing, a special calling on your life, God will give you grace for that assignment. And then grace also gives you the ability to function beyond your formal training. When you don't have the training to do certain things, you can tap into the grace of God, and he'll give you the wisdom of God to do what you need to do. You know, I, I, may, I gave an illustration in the first service about how when me and Bishop first went on television and uh, how we, um, we, the guy who gave us the television equipment, he just gave us the equipment, but he didn't give us any manuals to go with the equipment. And all we had was teenagers and me and Bishop. So what we did was we laid our hands on the equipment and we said, God, you got to give us the wisdom of God on how to use this equipment so that we can go on television. God gave us grace to be able to do it. And that was in 1984. We've been on television now 31 years, taking the gospel around the world, all because God gave us grace for an assignment we'd never been trained for. So God will give you grace to carry out an assignment, even though you don't have the training for it. How many of you want grace? So you're probably saying, okay, well, I understand God will give me grace. It'll be multiplied. But what is grace really? So everybody say the Bridget Hillier definition of grace. All right. So you're going to have to repeat it because it's long and short. Long and short, right? All right. So grace, everybody say grace is the divine, unearned provision of God, favor of God power of God made available to man to bring victory in life situations. So in a capsulized version, it is the power of God, the ability of God, the authority of God is accessing the wherewithal of God to make your life better. You get that? You want to repeat it? All right, let's repeat it. Say it's the power of God. It's the ability of God. It's the authority of God. It is the ex- ex- accessing the wherewithal of God to make life better. Now, grace is given to us out of the goodness of God's heart. God just gives us grace. But you have to access this grace by faith. In other words, you've got to use your faith that grace is operating in your life. Even though it's a gift and even though it's free, you've got to use your faith in order to tap into this grace. Amen. And so how do you use your faith to tap into grace? Well, the Bible declares in Mark chapter 11, verse 23 and 24, if you're going to operate in the God kind of faith, and I already know this is a faith teaching church, and that's why I'm going through this part so fast. The Bible declares in Mark 11, 23, 24, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. So the ABCs of faith, if you're going to operate in faith for the grace of God, that's a free gift to you, then here's what you have to do. Number one, you got to ask for grace. We already found in the word of God that grace is available for us, but you got to ask for it. So you got to say, God, I need grace in my situation. Amen. Then you got to believe at the moment that you pray that you receive the grace of God. Then you got to confess out of your mouth, I have the grace of God on my life. Then you got to demonstrate that you're walking in the grace of God. In other words, you got to walk around like a person that's got grace. You're not going to walk around with your head down because life is beating you up, but you're going to walk around with your head up because God's already told you he gave you grace to reign in life, and grace makes your life better. So you're going to walk around like a person that's got grace. 
Even though I may not know how to do what I've been assigned to do, I got grace. So God's going to give me the wisdom of God to do what I need to do. Everybody say, I got grace. Okay, and then after you've demonstrated, then you got to expect it. In other words, you got to walk around in daily expectation that God is raising up somebody somewhere to use their power, their ability, and their influence to help you because you got grace. Everybody say, I got grace. Then, of course, after you've expected, you've got to forgive. Everybody say, I got to forgive. So that means I can't hold on to grudges. I can't be mad at you because of what you've done. I can't hold on to stuff that you did to me in 1992. I got to let it go. Everybody say, let it go. Because it's not worth it. Say, it's not worth it. Amen. So nobody, no, it doesn't matter if they betrayed you, if they talked about you, they called you everything but a child of God. You got to let it go because why? I'm working on too much because I got to work and operate in this grace. Everybody say, I got to operate in grace. All right. So there's a definite measure of grace that you can operate in. So how do you access this grace? First of all, you got to be grace conscious. Everybody say, I got to be grace conscious. So when I'm grace conscious, I know that even when I'm weak, I say I'm strong. Everybody say, even when I'm weak, I say I'm strong. And when I'm grace conscious, I understand that my past failures don't disqualify me for my present or future success. Everybody say, I got grace. So my past failures, say my past failures, don't disqualify me for my present on my future success. Do we have an example of that? Absolutely. Moses was a fugitive. He was on the backside of Midian. He was hiding and God found him. So his past failures didn't qualify him for his future success. And he had killed somebody. But God used his life. Everybody say, my past failures don't disqualify me for my future success because I got grace. When I have grace, I understand that my human standards, stereotypes, and statistics don't uh, determine my outcome in life. I may not have the skills and the talents I need, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Amen. Everybody say, I am what I am by the grace of God. And just in case you need a scripture reference, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. And then when I'm grace conscious, I totally rely on my seed to tap into the grace that I need. Did you hear that? Go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. When I have a grace consciousness, say, when I have a grace consciousness, I totally rely on my seed to tap into the grace that I need. Now, sowing a seed is not a gimmick. It's not a game, but it's God's plan for you to tap into the favor of God on your life. It's God's plan for you to tap into him raising up somebody somewhere using their power, their ability, and their influence to help you. Because favor is the same thing as grace. That God will give you preferential treatment where other people don't have it. Why? Because you got a seed in the ground. Say, because I have a seed in the ground, God is going to raise up somebody somewhere to use their power, their ability, and their influence to help me. All right, so there are several basically scriptural ways that I can tap into the grace of God. Number one is through prayer. Everybody say through prayer. The Bible says he that uh, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, that we can come boldly to the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. So I can pray for the grace of God. 
So I can go to God and pray and I say, God, your word says that I can come boldly to the throne of grace and I can obtain mercy and grace to help me in my time of need. And the Amplified Version says it'll come just when you need it. So if you pray, the favor of God, the grace of God will show up just when you need it. Say, I can pray and the favor of God will show up just when I need it. Then you can access grace through humility. Everybody say through humility. James chapter 4 verse 6 say he giveth grace to the humble and he resisted the proud. So it's okay to be humble. And that's one of the things I love about your pastor. With all of the things that he has, he is one of the most humble people that I know. So he's walking in the grace of God on his life. Amen. Everybody say through humility. Then you can also access grace through faith. Everybody say through faith. And then, of course, you can access grace through election. In other words, every one of us has been given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And even though it's a free gift, you've got to position yourself to receive it. You know, illustration only. Everybody say illustration only. Say it again. Say illustration only. Say it one more time. All right. So if I said the first five people that run up to the stage, I will give them $1,000. Yeah. Because you know that I have the ability to do it. And even though it's a gift, you got to be in position to receive it. So as a believer, you got to be in the right position to receive God's grace in your life. Amen. Everybody say, I've got to be in position to receive it. And then number five, you can access the grace of God through your offerings. Everybody say through your offerings. All right. You at second Corinthians chapter nine. All right, look at verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And this is the operative verse, verse 8. And God is able to make, what does it say? How, what, how, what is God going to do? He's going to make all grace abound toward you. So if it's not there, he'll make it abound toward you. Why? Because you gave your offering so you can rely on your seed to produce the grace that you need. Everybody say, I can rely on my seed to produce the grace that I need. So God says, I'll make all grace abound toward you so that you always have an all-sufficiency and all things may abound to every good work. So whenever you need the grace of God because you've sown a seed, grace will show up. Everybody say, because I've sown a seed, I can rely on my seed to produce the grace I need. Then, of course, grace is accessed through our confession. Everybody say, through our confession. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 6 says, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what shall man do unto me. And then Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 is one of my favorite ones that talk about your confession can access the grace of God in your life. But go over to Philippians chapter 1 if you don't mind, and I'll just read uh, uh, Zechariah chapter 4 to you. It says, verse 6, then answered and, and spake unto me, then He answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord. Who art thou, O O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth a headstone thereof, shouting, crying, Grace, grace unto it. 
So with your confession, you can call the grace of God or you can access the grace of God. So the story here is that the prophet says that there was a mountain before him. In other words, when things seem mountainous in front of you and things seem like they're so hard for you to deal with, if you will say out of your mouth, I got grace to handle this, then guess what? Grace will show up. Because in this situation, the Bible says that mountain became a molehill. And it was like a tombstone. They brought the tombstone forth to say, this is what we spoke to. It was once a mountain and now it's a dead situation. So if situations are out of line in your life, you can speak grace to them. Everybody say, speak grace to them. So I can access grace through what? Prayer. And what's number seven? Don't say it. Number seven is I can maximize grace. It's confirmed through my partnership. Everybody say through partnership. Through partnering with my man and woman of God, I can, I can tap into a grace that nobody else can tap into. When I give to my man and woman of God, I just tapped into a supernatural grace that only comes on those who give to their man and woman of God. What a great day today is for you to be able to sow into the life of your man of God. And don't just let today be the last day that you do it. Make it a point that every time the spirit of God tells you to do it, you sow into your man of God's life. Because why? You're tapping into a supernatural grace that nobody else can tap into. Look at uh, Philippians chapter 1 verse uh, 1. Well, start at verse 3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy. Isn't that a great statement for somebody to say about you? When you love for your pastor every time he thinks about you, that he thanks God and he has joy every time he remembers your name, that every time he goes to God in prayer for you, because the Bible says that the elders should watch over your soul. So every time your pastor goes in God to God in prayer for you and calls out your name to God, isn't it great that your pastor can call your name out with joy? Well, the reason why the Apostle Paul could call these people's name out with joy because they were the only ones that were supporting him in his ministry. So don't let anybody talk you out of giving to your man of God. Why? Because you want when your pastor go to God and praying for you, he goes to God with joy in his heart saying, God, would you bless them? Why? Because they've been a blessing to me. God, will you do this for them? Why? Because they've given unto me. And so the Apostle Paul tells the church here in Philippi, he said, for your fellowship in the gospel from the day, that first day until now, he says, I'm confident. Look at verse six, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. How could the Apostle Paul be so confident that everything that God had put in them, he was going to accomplish it in their lives? He could be so confident because they were partakers of his grace. Look at verse 7. It says, even as it is meet for me to think this of you all because I have you in my heart and as much as in my bonds and in defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye are all partakers of my grace. And the Amplified Version says, you're partners of my grace. So when I sow into my man of God's life, I become a partner of his grace. Same grace on him comes on me. And guess what? Because you're in this church and you sow into your pastor's life, your pastor sows into my life. Your pastor sows into Bishop's life. So the same grace on me and Bishop is on your pastor. So when you sow into your pastor's life, you not only get his grace, but you get our grace. 
You want a good relationship? Sow into your pastor's life. Why? Because he has a good relationship. You want your bills paid? Sow into your pastor's life because he pays his bills. You want to have more than enough in your life? Sow into your pastor's life. Why? Because he has more than enough in his life. Pastor Sarah already told you about how when she was believing God for a child, she sold into my life. I prayed for her, and then she began to confess the word of God. And guess what? Six years later, we have Landon. Right? Why? Because she got she tapped into a grace that was on my life to be able to pray for people to have children. That grace is now on her life. So when you sow into your man of God's life, I'm tapping into their grace. Everybody say, I'm a partner. I'm not a parasite. A parasite is a person who sucks up everything and never gives anything back. Say, I'm a partner. I'm not a parasite. Say, I'm a partner. I'm not a player. Say, I'm a partner. I'm not a participator. So let me break it down. A partner is somebody who invests into the ministry, somebody who sows into the man of God, somebody who makes sure the man of God is taken care of. In Philippians chapter 4, for time's sake, I won't read it, but the Apostle Paul says that no church contributed to my support but you only. He said, and because of that, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So there was never a need in the Philippian church that wasn't supplied. Why? Because they gave to their man of God. So in your own life, there should never be a need in your life. Why? Because you support the man of God. Everybody say, I'm a partner. I'm not a participator. I'm not a player. And I will dare not be a parasite. I will not come to word of truth and suck up all this word and not give back. Say, because I'm a partner. All right, so, you know, the Bible declares that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So you may not have every all the resources that somebody else has, but whatever you have, you ought to give it to your man of God because you're not going to be given a small amount for long. You saw Pastor Briggs on the video just a few moments ago. Well, when Pastor Briggs first started sowing in me and Bishop's life, he would send us a $5 money order every month, $5. And you would think, why is he sending them $5? Well, to him, that was all he had, and it was a sacrifice. Well, today, he ain't giving us $5 no more. And I remember the very first time your, your pastor sold into our lives. Your pastor came up to the microphone and sold into our lives. He took his Rolex watch off of his arm and gave it to me and Bishop. Then, his, then I think Sarah gave me her Rolex watch. That was their first seed in our lives. Well, a couple of years ago when they were believing God for a house, they sold a hundred plus thousand dollars into our lives. Same grace on us, on them. And guess what? They're living in the evidence of the house they were believing God for. So don't let anybody talk you out of giving to your man of God. You know, I'd already planned to teach this lesson. And on last night, we went to Saturday night service. And when we were at Saturday night service, one of our members gave us a letter. And when they gave it to me, I was like, this is really, really thick. So when I opened it up, it was 3,000 cash dollars on the inside of it. And then there was a note on the inside. And I just want to read you what the note said. It says, Dear Bishop and Pastor Bridget, we love and appreciate your, your example in our lives. Since we made the decision to sow into your lives on purpose at a set aside time, our lives have never been the same. 
Thank you for teaching us the principle of sowing and the importance of honoring our man and woman of God. It is with joy we sow our seed. And then later the couple told us that they had just got a promotion on their job where they got 44% increase on bonuses and a 20% increase in raises. Everybody say it works. But see, what will happen a lot of time is the devil will self-sabotage you and tell you it's a game, it's a gimmick, and you ought not do it. I'm here to tell you as a living witness that because I live the life I live because of what we've sown into our man of God. Bishop and I believe this principle. We live by this principle. We sold so much into our man of God's life one year that the IRS asked us to write a letter to tell them that those were really gifts that we were sowing into his life and that he wasn't working for us to do the things that we had given him. Now, you know that that must have been a whole lot of money, right? So we do that on a regular basis. Why? Because we believe in the principle. Even though we're pastors, we got to sow into our pastor's life so we can tap into the grace. And so your pastors do it all the time. They sow into our lives so they can tap into the grace on our lives. But I'm telling you word of truth. You don't understand how blessed you are. You're so blessed because you not only can get their grace on your life, but you can get the grace of the bishop in my life on your life. There is not a need in my life that I have that God has not supplied. Why? Because I learned how to tap into the grace. And I tap into that grace through partnership. Everybody say through partnership. But many times the devil will deceive you, and this is what the devil does. He feeds your mind with unfounded derogatory thoughts to corrupt your commitment. In other words, he'll tell you, oh, he don't need it. They don't need it. And the member that gave us the $3,000, they know good and well it's not because we need it. But they need it. It's not because your pastor needed it. It wasn't because the apostle Paul needed it. He said, I don't have any needs. He said, I'm a bounder. I know how to bound. I know how to be a base. He said, I'm not asking you to give to me because I have a need. He said, I'm giving, asking you to give to me because you need to give to me so you can get the grace on your life. So I'm telling you today, when they ask you to sow into your man of God's life, it ain't because your pastor needs it. It's because you need the grace. And guess what? God knows your future before you get to your future. And if he sees you obedient to tap into this grace through partnership, whatever it is in your future that will cause you not to get where you want to go, it's going to get canceled. Why? Because you tapped into the grace. Everybody say, I tapped into the grace. Then another thing that the devil does is he deceives you to discount the grace factor, and then he wants you to declare your independence. I can do this without that. I can have what I have without him. Let me just tell you, you could get a little bit, but you ain't going to get the quality of life that you could get by sowing into his life. Amen. So don't let the devil deceive you. Everybody say, don't let the devil deceive you. Then he tricks you into discounting and block God's ordained path for your life. In other words, he'll make you leave your set place because they're talking about you giving into your man of God. Have you go over to Pharaoh's church and you're going to go over there and you're not going to be blessed. All right, that didn't go over too well, but okay. (laughs) Then he tries to persuade you that you're being held back and you can use your gifts and talents at other places. You know, you'll think you got all of that and you can do all of that and you think you all of this because you're operating in the grace while you're here. Then you go over to some of Pharaoh's church thinking they're going to let you preach and all of that and you're outside of God's will. Don't get out of God's will because you're trying to run away from something because you think you all that. You ain't all that. You are what you are because of the grace of God. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. All right, so everybody say his grace, grace. is sufficient. 
All right, so let's make this faith confession together. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you because I choose to partner with my pastor. There's a supernatural grace released on my life. I respect the principle of sowing into my man of God's life for supernatural, same like grace, to come on my life. I'm positioned for an outpouring of deliverance and favor. I declare my bold choice to partner with my man of God and take steps of faith causes me to open the floodgates of grace over my life. I declare I'll never be the same. I agree with your word because I'm born of God. I overcome every problem, every opposition, every difficulty by faith because I got grace. Thank you, Father. Daily, you're loading me with benefits. You're ordering my steps. I have the wisdom of God to take bold faith actions because of the grace on my life. God, I thank you. Every assignment of the devil to deceive me, to defeat me, to discourage me, and destroy me is canceled in Jesus' name. I decree and declare that the seeds that I have sown and the seeds that I sow in the future in my man of God's life releases everyone that you've assigned to go out of their way to use their power, their ability, and their influence to bring me the all-sufficiency abundance for higher quality of living. Angels in heaven, I dispatch you now to go to work on my behalf. I declare there's an outpouring being released on my life causing an anointing of unstoppable favor on my life. In the name of Jesus, God, you be glorified because I choose to partner with my church and my man of God and I live a maximized life because I have grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen.